A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello, welcome to the Curator Podcast. This is episode 28. Hi, hello, welcome once again, dear listener, to the Curator Podcast. I am your host, Mark Fraser, and this is episode number 28. All right, so here's a bit of a confession. I missed an episode, well, that's a lie, I missed a week, and that's because I was on holiday and because I was turning 30, and also because I thought I'd lost this interview, and I was making plans to do it again, but I found it. I managed to do some data recovery stuff, and I got it back, so... I'm so, so chuffed. I was away in Marrakesh. It was awesome. It was intense. It was scary. It was full of pollution, full of people. But if you ever get a chance to go, I do recommend it. The souks are labyrinthine, but they're wonderful. Uh, The people are really friendly. Once you go over the general sort of trading, kind of grafting atmosphere of the place, then it is a really good place to be. Highly, highly recommend it. On this episode, I have Ewan Grant from WAMPS. If you've not heard of WAMPS, you may have known them as Algernon, you may have known Ewan, sorry, as Algernon Doll, and they're a really good band. Um, they're a bit like Pinact in the way they do that kind of new grunge thing, but there's a kind of Beatlesy vibe to them as well, which I quite enjoy. And, you know, they're noisy, which if you if you know me, if you know this podcast, you'll know it's kind of my MO by this point. So, so yeah. As of right now, Womps only have two songs out there. Two, it's hard to believe they've got two songs. Like, I feel so... I feel as though I've been hearing about them for a while. But yeah, two songs are out there, man. It's pretty cool. So I'm going to play both of those songs on this podcast. So if you haven't heard them, you will have heard them by the end of this. They're only released so far as a double A-side single. And this came out on the record label Damably. And this song is called Live A Little Less.
Ewan, how you doing? I'm good. Nice to meet you. Um, I'm alright, aye. I'm really annoyed by the music now. Yeah, but it's nice and ambient, so it shouldn't pose too much problem. Yeah, I do feel like it's angels have arrived or something like that. Like. <laughs> I've walked into a heavenly place. So, yeah, Ewan, tell me, who are you? Um, who am I? Um, in this case, the guitarist and singer from Womps. I was looking for a more existential answer. Existential art answer. Uh, uh, or is this a dream? I don't know. I'm a human from Perth, Dundee, Perth, sort of area. Well, that's a good start. That's a good start. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, you know, have you have you listened to the podcast before? Yes, yes, I have. So you kind of know what it's about, then, yeah. Yes, yes, yeah. Well, let's begin with that then. Um, it's all about creativity and passion, so tell me, when did it start? When do you remember? When do you first remember be, being someone that had to be creative? Uh, well, I always grew up wanting to be a football player, uh, and at some point, I just didn't like the lad culture that went along with that. So, and it ra- I used to skateboard all the time, but it rained all summer, so I picked up a guitar and kind of came from that. And I draw a lot, and I take photos and. I don't know. It seems to be the only thing I'm good at. I'm really bad at work, like work. <laughs> uh, so I have to make this work. I think. So, <laughs> do you remember the first time that you wanted to? I guess. Well, if you do many different creative things, then each single creative thing you do must have had a different genesis, a different moment when you realised that I like doing this and I want to do this. But I guess since we're here talking about wants, tell us or tell tell us tell me because it's just, just you and I here. <laughs> tell me. Um, can you remember like what was the first thing that made you decide that playing guitar and singing was something that you really wanted to do? Um, was there a catalyst? Was there a moment? Uh, <laughs> I used to play in hardcore bands and stuff growing up in my teenage years a lot and uh, I was happy just being a guitarist in that and I, it was a bunch of my friends in those bands some strangely enough like they all seem to die <laughs> in this river where we live um, it was weird one fell and one uh, jumped and I felt like they were better musicians than me so I thought the way to express my feelings on that was to to take over on that and I, I pushed me towards writing songs and uh, stuff like that so I kept I started off doing it for them and probably do it mostly for me now, uh, but that's kind of where it came from. So is that, I guess, is that one of the reasons why you started off as just, as just solo then? Yeah, but that was that was terrifying for me because um, I, was, I was not confident. Now now I'm kind of cocky these days, <laughs> but then, that, then no, I just shook and put my head up and looked down at a guitar and I recorded all the stuff all these albums playing pretty much every instrument and then until I met the right people to make a band with like uh, Owen that's why we did Womps uh, because Owen's just just as good as me (laughs) Uh, and it's 50-50 so it's 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 really great it's a new thing and it seems a lot more positive not moaning as much these days not moaning nah we're not we're not as 
depressed as Algernon Dahl was, just feeling sorry for yourself. You can only feel sorry for yourself for a certain amount of time, I think. I hope. I'd, I'd, well, I'd <laughs> hope that's true. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm, so, I'm, I'm really interested in Algernon Dahl because it's not often, and especially in our scene, that you get somebody that's just kind of done it all themselves. And uh, that's obviously, your, like, like you said, like a, a decision you took to, to be the one-man show, I guess, when you're writing all the music, which is fine. People can do that. Like, Ellie Smith did that, do you know what I mean? Um, That's exactly what I was doing. <laughs> it was very influenced by Elliot Smith. Heavily, heavily, heavily influenced by Elliot Smith. I was actually going to say, I was listening to the, the double-A side that later on, and I was getting a huge Elliot Smith vibe. Oh, even from the new From stuff? the style. Yeah. Just, like, the whole song like style, really, to me, do you know what I mean? Oh, that's a massive compliment. I, I love him. He was reluctant, I think. I listened to Heat Miser uh, a lot before that. He said he didn't like that, but I like those, I like those records. Um, yeah. Just, I, don't know, I think the Algernon Doll songs, you can almost trace a lot of them back to ripping off a particular Elliot Smith song. And, but his use of chords taught me a lot. And... Yeah, it, he did a lot of things on four tracks, like we did. So, Ellie Smith did a lot of stuff, which I can yeah, I can trace back to the White Album, but the Beatles almost. Um, but there's always like that, like playing a few chords and having like a suggestive chord in between, and just like playing it for a little second and then moving on to something else, like a sort of bridge almost. You know? Oh yeah, bridge. I don't think Womps have as many bridges, which is something I should maybe maybe work on. But bri- bridges are great. I know Pinact love a good bridge. I've talked to Corey about that, and Corey needs a bridge in his songs. Um, that's, that's given me ideas. <laughs> this has been productive already, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> Can I get a credit on that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding, please don't credit me for that. <laughs> was finding some... Was, did it take a long time to find somebody to want to be creative with? Yeah, I, I never really searched for it. I just searched for people to do what I wanted to do, because I always felt that they would leave, and then I would be stuck with nothing. Because this is basically all I do. Um, but Owen's just as stupid as me and wants to give his entire life and income to it. So it's 50-50 now, and it's a lot better. His ideas, he comes up with ideas on bass and guitar as well, so it's uh, taken a lot of the pressure off me. And people seem to like us a lot. I mean, not so much in Scotland, <laughs> but uh, in Europe and US and, and London as well. <laughs> Everywhere but Scotland seems to... Love it. Although we do have a lot of great guys that come to see us here. So, was it what was it like making that transition from being just on your own to writing completely with someone else? Um, it's just more organic, I think. It's better. That's how everyone should probably do it. You have to be a genius to do everything all on your own, constant, and for it to be really good. Um, I mean, that's a lot of pressure. I don't. I don't think I'm a genius. Uh, some some bands are collectively genius. That's what we probably go for. We aspire to be like Prince. Prince is a genius. Prince is a genius for sure. Prince is a genius. Did he not cancel his piano tour already? He did because of the whole Paris thing. Yeah. Oh my god, that sucks. Yeah. Uh, supposed to be playing here on Friday. Oh. But the Cure are coming. No, the Cure aren't coming. The Cure are in Manchester and not coming to Scotland. Yeah, I've seen earlier on today that they announced some dates, but I didn't actually know they weren't coming to Scotland. I hadn't actually read that news story because I was too busy in work. I'm probably going to go to Manchester. Um, 
how dare when they do a UK tour and don't include Scotland that's that's a slap in the face Robert <laughs> Robert yeah. we're coming for you yeah. <laughs> um, alright then so let's take a different tact here um, who are some of the songwriters that you look up to uh, so Elliot Smith yeah um, uh, having just one is fine no uh, I'm sure there's loads right now I listen to all these this Danish post-punk so Ice Age and Marching Church and VAR um, songwriters I look up to going back it's probably John Lennon and George Harrison probably uh, not not Paul so much he's more twee uh, Prince I like I really like Rick James uh, although he's pretty misogynistic <laughs> it probably goes against all my reviews but it's, it's catchy uh, who do I look up to I can only think of recent things I like that new Frank Ocean record that's a really good record <laughs> Speaking of Frank Ocean, when the fuck is his next album coming? It feels like it's been coming for years and it's just not... He keeps faking his out with it. Like, it's going to be like... Oh, no, it's not. Oh, it's coming. It's coming. It's in America and that was all they were playing and I was very happy with it. I don't know if he's a straight-up pop record. I I don't know those genres very well, but I just... I heard that thinking about you and I was like, wow, wow. That's got soul. Channel Orange is a fucking astoundingly good record. I can't believe how good that guy is. <laughs> I want to say something uh, that you just made me go I think you could be wrong Ian I love Paul McCartney man <laughs> well, let me think um, did Paul not do did he do Free as a Bird no like the one that got released after the Beatles no was that just a John Lennon one as well um, what good thing did Paul do come together no, that was John Lennon. Fuck. I've fucked it already. <laughs> I, I do like Paul. Um, I just can't think of any of the ones with my favourite songs. I think George has probably written a lot of my favourite ones, but it's just he's not written as much. Uh, Paul, but Paul, Paul went and did Wings and stuff like that. It wasn't very good. <laughs> yeah, but like everybody says that, you, what you say, like, everybody says Paul McCartney is twee, but John Lennon wrote fucking nothing like this man. Yeah. A lot of people, a lot of people are against John Lennon now. That's coming out that he he hit women and stuff uh, in his younger years and stuff. But that goes down to the argument of liking a person's personality over their their music. And I I I listen to black metal, so I can't do that because all those people are very questionable in their, in their motives. So I kind of try to separate that. Yeah, you're you're right. Like a lot of people tend. To- Tend not to separate the art from the artist. Um, that, that's I think that's a troublesome a troublesome outlook to have in music because the, you're discounting a lot of good. Like Michael Jackson was responsible for so many fucking good songs. Yeah, you know Al Kelly has written a lot of good songs as well. Yeah. You know, but they're both highly dubious people. <laughs> yeah, my girlfriend put Lost Profits on the other day, like on YouTube, and I noticed they disabled all the comments on every single uh, official video, and I was like. I feel sorry for the band because they obviously didn't know. Uh, I was never a fan, but that that guy is probably the worst. I can't think of any musician that's worse than it. even Varg from uh, Mental Blank, uh, Burzum. Um Yeah, he's 
he seems to have settled out a bit now that he's still recording albums in jail. He seems uh, le- less Nazi-ish. <laughs> I don't know if that's true, man. <laughs> I hope it's true, but somehow, yeah. <laughs> somehow... Is he not in jail in France now? Did he not get out of jail in, was it Norway and then... And then, like, went to France and, and did something else. And uh, is that is that right? Did I make that up? I've I've seen interviews from his jail cell, and it looks lo- it looks nicer than my room. And he's allowed to continually record records. Um, he's, I don't know if it's the beard or the he's a he's got one of those personalities. Maybe he's a sociopath that's just very addictive. Um, I'm probably just trying to justify my love for his music. Is he's, he's done some? Per- Did he not stab a guy? I'll, a lot in the woods yeah that's you can't apologise for that <laughs> yeah, you're totally right man but by the same token if, if somebody's making music you enjoy like you say you've got to separate the art from the artist now I suppose it, it does become more troublesome if the music you're listening to has got a Nazi message but, but does, a lot of buzz does, stuff does doesn't oh, I don't right. think it does but like I think that's probably quite a deliberate thing on his part to try and you know, distance himself his beliefs from his actual message <laughs> I know he got sent the script of that Anders Brevik guy is like a mission statement but I don't think he was into it hopefully not I, I'm very against all these Nazi messages I'll say that it's just like the way his music feels in the lo-fi sort of quality that it has because uh, I'm not a fan of metal unless it's because me- metal sounds really overproduced to me so black metal is just perfect it's almost bordering on ambient music sometimes so Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. I was talking to my father. Well, my father was talking to me. He listened to Sunbather by Def Heaven for the first time. Is that a band that you like? I, I, ha- I haven't heard that album recorded. I've seen them on the Pitchfork music festival performing it a lot of people have a lot of hate for them because they don't look black metal and because it's all in a major key and I can I don't like the major key stuff but I don't see why you should hate them for not looking ridiculous and uh, I, I think they're probably a good band that I would I'd really enjoy if I took the time to to get into it you should definitely check out Sunbather it is in a major key it sounds a lot more sh- I think it's in a major key it actually sounds a lot more shoegazy than the most black metal pen, pen. yeah the Algernon doll ripped off their uh the font, I think, on the last record, the kind of this, that record that you're probably thinking about, the one with the sun, be there. Yeah, we did that. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> um, so, every I read that. I did some. Inter- nah, I'll start again. I did some research, as you do, and uh, everybody, everybody that you've spoken to that interviews you is always always asked about Steve Albini. Is oh. that is that annoying? Um, probably. But if I was I should probably use it for people that aren't that interested to like us. That guy's great. I saw he's got an... He wrote something for Huffington Post today that I haven't fully read. And everyone's like, oh, wow, he's a nice guy. But yeah, he is a nice guy. I don't know why people are shocked by that. I think, I don't know. He's got a lot of views that make him come across like an asshole, I think. But obviously he's not if you've worked with him and you know he's not. No, well, he put, we got stuck in Chicago the second time and I just phoned him up because we had nowhere to stay and he let us stay at his studio for as long as we wanted for free and was going to cook us dinner and stuff and gave us his entire fridge full of food so he's he's just nice, he supports DIY music 
I think the one thing he doesn't realize is because he's so famous, he can do everything without PR, without um, a label, really. Uh, I don't, I don't think we can do that because we don't have the notoriety, yeah. notoriety that he's earned. Um, but he's, yeah, he picked us up. The one time we went to record with him, he'd, we'd just gone to see Partisan Records and uh, flown across to New York just to sign with him. And he decided after, well, we played a show, we played a terrible show, like two of my strings snapped, and they just left. They just didn't, they were like, no, it's a no from us. And we were like, oh, we were like, felt so bad. And we went to talk to Steve, and he was just like, fuck him. I was like, yeah, yeah, fuck him. You know, what do you, you don't need these people. They're not the most important people in the world. And a lot of people at record industry, uh, all these A&R guys with the blazers and the converses and just try to prove that they're still into it. They're just there for money, so... We can you can you can do it. We're we're not really as DIY as you get. I think a lot of the the punks don't like that about us. But we're not also totally major label sort of stuff as well. So we find a happy medium there. You come across that ENR bullshit a lot. Yeah, those guys suck. I mean, not all of them. I know. I used to hate booking agents before I met some nice ones. <laughs> had some bad I've had some booking agents come and drink all our rider beer and then leave before we've played and stuff like that and they do that um, but there's nice people and there's bad people like everywhere else uh, and all, a lot of bands that were DIY have booking agents now but it's just it's, yeah <laughs> it makes a lot of sense to me like I haven't been in bands for as long as I've been in bands for it's like I fucking hate booking shows it's, it's just a total pain in the ass I wish I could get something to do it for me yeah, well, if you can get paid, and they, they take a cut, so we never buy on the tours. Um, that seems ridiculous to me. I've seen bands pay like three grand and stuff to buy onto a tour. But if they take 10% of what we make, so it means that we need to... Oh, well, we're making money every time they book us a show, and it's always a better show than I would book. So, And it's fine, our, our booking agents... Um, have families to feed <laughs> they're kind of older women our team is mainly mainly women as well we kind of made a, a point of that because I feel like they've probably worked harder than the guys to get to where they are so we should give them a, a shot and they've done great for us yeah. I, really, I mean that's a totally fair point it's also a really sad thing to say because of misogyny misogyny is so rife in the music industry and I like that's yeah especially the punk scene um, it really tries to avoid that and I see people post all the time but when I go to a punk show I, it's 90-95% men and then when I go to an indie show well in, a, in New York or, or Europe it's always mostly women or, or at least half and half but I, maybe, it, maybe it's not a punk thing maybe it's a Scottish thing or maybe it's I don't know I know as a smaller guy that going to like some heavier shows you get pushed about. Um, maybe it's to do with that. I'm not. I'm not sure. But there's there's a lot of influential women in the, in punk bands right now. Is it Kay from? She's in Joanna Grissom now, and she was in. Ooh. <laughs> Pennycrest. Pennycrest. Yeah, Kate. Kate. Um, yeah. And I could name the amount of women in bands here on on my fingers. That's that's the problem. Um, 
Who else? That's, that's kind of the issue, isn't it? Who else? Uh, I, I spoke to Pat from Anti-Flag, because Anti-Flag were quite a big deal for me when I was growing up. And um, one of the things I asked him is, like, do you think, like, what, what do you think about like the whole fact that there's not a lot of like the punk scene is supposed to be really inclusive, but you don't see a lot of like you certainly don't see a lot of like gay people coming to shows that you that like, you know because it's it's not really it doesn't feel like a safe environment for anybody else other than straight white men, I think. And he was like, yeah, it's definitely an issue. Like, obviously, like I run a record label and, and we do everything DIY and you know we love to be punk and as inclusive as possible. But there's definitely issues. You know, how, how do we fix those? I guess is the problem. <laughs> such a big question man like no one's got any answers for that you know um, sometimes I feel like I shouldn't speak out of it because it's not my position but then I talk to a lot of women in bands and they want they want us to so maybe maybe more guys should speak out about it I find that in, the indie scene is better for for women sadly um like Honeyblood and the Vantees and stuff are, are great. Uh, I don't know what you do. do it. I don't know what the problem is. Um, get rid of the macho side of it, but yeah, I mean, you, you're, you, I guess you guys are quite fortunate, and you seem to kind of straddle the punk and the indie, and indie scenes, which is you know hard to do, man. Yeah, yeah, we like to do that. We're probably more of an indie or a pop band. Um, some punks are turning against us now. And I wish they wouldn't, but that might happen. Um, but that's where we learned how to do everything. And do everything yourself. We've booked so many DIY tours. Some great and some just horrible experiences. But we've learned a lot and I have so much respect for all those guys. <laughs> We're playing Book Your Out. When, when does this go out? Uh, well, I will go out after Book Your Out first. Right, okay, right, well. That is this weekend. Yeah, we're playing on Sunday on Big Green Fest. Um, that's always we play. I played that like every year for for a long time because it, it was initially Motion Fest, which was a festival for my friend Graham Motion that died when I when I was a teenager. He was in a band called The Largo. Oh, fantastic! Um, they inspired me so much. So I remember that happening, man. On I remember everybody talking about it in MySpace. Oh, it was on MySpace as well. Yeah, that was horrible. Um, and it's good to see people carrying on at some point it had to be Book Your Rain Fest and not Motion Fest because that needed to be more inclusive for people that didn't know him and it's gone down a, a route of uh, a lot of skate punk and stuff like that stuff that I don't really listen to but when I go there the atmosphere is totally inclusive there's a lot of women at that as well which is fantastic um, Dundee's quite, quite an open city it's probably one of the biggest punk uh, festivals in the UK, and Deeker's done a really great job with that. Yeah, man, I really wanted to go to Bukit Fest this weekend, but I can't because I'm going to Marrakesh my 30th. So. Marrakesh? Oh. <laughs> my flatmate's Moroccan, but she says it's. Where's she from? She's from Tangier. She says it's great. We can talk about that after this. I really want to talk to you about that now. <laughs> um, fuck. Yeah, so is that DIY, that DIY ethic, is that very important to you, even though you guys are you know, getting a bit f- further away from it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, it's where we learn everything. It's what, it's what made us think we could do this because the only big band I can think of that have continually done that, I think, are Narwhals. And I've not really even listened to Narwhals that much, but I don't think they're signed to anything big or have a booking agent or anything. 
I think everyone should aspire to be like them, really. We're too lazy for that. Uh, and we've become more about, like, photos of us. We've recorded, like, two songs. That's all you've got is, like, two songs you can listen to and a bunch of photos of us posing. Uh, and that works, <laughs> sadly. So you guys have done quite a lot of touring and stuff. Um, is that because being just, well, a three-piece when you're on the road, but a deck, obviously a two-piece? Um, does that make it easier to do that kind of shit? Yeah, definitely. Um, we're very flexible. Owen works at Tesco Sunday to Sundays and Mondays, and I just do photography for people, uh, which is great because I don't get taxed. Um, re- well, no, no, it's, it's totally legal because I don't make the threshold. It's, it's fine. I'm actually not cheating anything. Um, thanks, Tory government. Um, we've toured a lot in... We've done a lot of things in America, mainly around New York. We went to Canada, went to Toronto, went to Chicago. We've done megabus journeys for all these things, lied our way through borders. Um, we played to like thousands of people in Amsterdam, which was insane because Waxahachie got sick, and we just turned up. They asked us. Uh, that wasn't without. That wasn't with a booking agent either. Our label Damnably uh, sorted that out. Everyone should check out Damnably. Those guys are, those guys are proper DIY, and they're not even. They're kind of a different genre from a lot of the DIY labels now. They're kind of into noise rock and all the Steve Albini stuff, and bring a lot of Japanese music across here. They're first people to get like a Japanese speaking band on. Uh, I think it was Mark Riley show on um, BBC Six. Um, so they're doing a lot of big things, and they've got Shonen Knife, who are huge because they toured with Nirvana and stuff like that. So, how did you get involved with Damnably? Um, they asked us to play a gig a while ago and uh, I just messaged George I was like we Partizan totally r- ruined us and, and he was so sympathetic and kind of he kind of manages us for not for free <laughs> because he doesn't believe in taking money and it, he's messaging us constantly and constantly giving us free like free music and it's just a, it's just a good guy I think everyone should be like that label I think they've got it down. <laughs> I mean, I guess because you guys have played so long and so much in America, man. Like, it must be must be cool as fuck just to go over there and having people that you know you've never seen and you may never see again. Like, fucking loving what you're doing. Yeah, people people go out there because they see a show listed that they might like, and they celebrate and they drink because they're happy and they're celebrating. Whereas people here drink because they're miserable and they don't. It's strange how people don't go to shows here even... I don't know, they feel like they have to. Whereas in America, they don't... They want to. And I've, I include myself in those people. Some, I, I can stay at home and just be lazy about it. And I shouldn't. And um, We shouldn't have to tell people to support their scene. Uh, I'm not the best at it right now. <laughs> I'm getting quite lazy. You've been quite busy to though, to be fair. Yeah. Yeah. I heard that about Europe as well, though. Like the, the vibe in Europe is completely different to how it is over here when it comes to people going to shows and people putting on shows, even. Yeah, they get grants in Europe as well. So we played one show in Amsterdam, they paid us like £1,250. So it covered all our flights, and we could get taxis everywhere and <laughs> stuff like that. Um, they think about all those things, whereas here and America don't, don't do that either. 
uh, we're probably better than America on that that front. But we're used to getting like 150 pounds a show, or even 75, which doesn't cover petrol that well. <laughs> so, I guess I need to know when that album's coming out. Uh, April or May. Damn, we're releasing it. Or damn, we're our damn, we're. Oh, I can't say that. Ah, damn, we're releasing it. Um, they might get. We've got an American label that we're basically controlling everything. I'm just checking my. Um, I think it's April or May. And it's uh, I don't know if I can say who it's with, but it's a it's with like a subsidiary of a very of a major <laughs> major label thing. So ho- hopefully we can get it out to all the shops and stuff like that. Um, and hopefully no one hates us for that. <laughs> that sounds awesome, man. Yeah, well they pay for like PR and stuff like that, which will be nice. And we'll keep our I think. They didn't cha- ask us to change anything about the record, and it, to me, it sounds really crappy. It's scrappy and lo-fi, and it's just what we wanted. So, if they wanted to put it out and put a lot of money back behind it, and hopefully, they'll have to pay damnably for rights to certain songs. So, we're also funding funding indies. So, it's good. <laughs> That's cool as fuck, you. It's been awesome. Is there anything else you want to say? Or anything you want to ask me before we finish? Uh, no, just love everybody. The world seems to be filled with a lot of hate right now. Uh, it's really scary. Twitter's really scary. So just just love everybody. <laughs> just be cool to one another. Yeah, just <laughs> Bill and Ted, basically. Yeah, Bill and Ted? No, not Bill and Ted. Yeah, that's, Bill and Ted. that's it. That's it. That's how everyone should live. <laughs> Thank you very much, Ewan. It's been a pleasure. Cheers. So you have it. Ewan's a super nice guy, as you, as you've probably just heard there, and he's done quite a lot, man. He's, I feel like it seems as though he's been on the road just basically constantly for the past four years, and you know, now they've had the opportunity to play in America a few times and stuff. It seems to be going really, really, really well for them. So, and you know, I'm, I'm really glad that a Glasgow band is getting that kind of recognition. It's pretty awesome. Sort of intense guitar noise is pretty awesome, but there's a lot of good pop sensibility in there, which I properly, properly enjoy. So yeah, I hope that you enjoyed the interview. If you enjoyed this episode, please take some time and rate and review the episode on iTunes. I'd really appreciate that. I really like your feedback and anything that you th- anything you say in terms of you know ways I can improve the podcast or even if there's anybody you'd like me to speak to, then please get in touch. Generally, I only speak to bands that I know reasonably well. I don't mean that in the sense that, that I know well as people, bands who, whose music I am familiar with. I've had a few people contact me lately asking if I would interview them and I'd love to interview them but I've just got a schedule of people that I want to talk to and once I get some time to check out your music I'll probably get back in touch with you. So yeah, if you've got any suggestions though please fire them my way, I will definitely consider them and I I will put them on the schedule, put them on my list of people to talk to. I really do enjoy talking to new people and discovering new music. So, yeah, if you can help me out with that, that'd be great. I'm going to play you out now with uh, Dreams On Demand, which is the other side of their double A-side 7-inch that they released on Damably earlier on this year. I hope you enjoy it. Thank you very much for listening. Until next time, bye-bye. It's a